0: You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode and it's episode number 51 today and I want to get back into our Investing 101 series that we kicked off a couple of episodes ago. And today I want to talk about the currency markets and the crypto market, because obviously it's it's a very big topic at the moment and a lot of people are talking about it. And as always, I don't want to give any investment advice or you know personalized recommendations or anything. Just want to give you a little bit of a kind of apples to apples 101 macro look at what it actually is, because... Obviously, when there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of noise about things, there can also be a little bit of confusion. And so just want to give like a little background on it to help you decide if this is a vehicle that you would like to pursue. Because as we know, you know, there's so many vehicles out there. There's so many options out there. There's so many types of online businesses, so many companies we can align with. And there are also so many ways we can invest our money And we want to talk about assets and liabilities like we talked about the the other episode and really understanding that difference between something that's going to make us money and something that's going to cost us money. And we need to understand cash flow versus capital gains. And, you know, I've talked about that on earlier podcasts as well. But if we can get those few things in, then we just need to find the vehicle that suits our goals. Align our goals with a vehicle, get in and drive the thing until we reach our destination. So let's go through this then so let's talk about currencies first like a standard sort of forex foreign exchange currency and then we'll talk about the crypto markets after that so money i mean what is money it's it's always a great question and to an extent money is a kind of piece of paper that the government promises is worth some value You know, we exchange these pieces of paper with each other, you know, physically and electronically and we exchange these things on the promise and on the belief that it will be worth that amount of value, you know, the next day when we go and buy our food with it. I sell something to someone and I get $10 and then I have, you know, a belief that I can go to the store and get $10 worth of goods for that same piece of paper. Right. And humans and and across society, we've used, you know, coins and and gold and silver and uh, buttons and and all those sorts of things. We've used lots and lots of things, spices, you know, all these things that we use to trade value for. And that's really what it is. We are trading a value. And for so long, our currencies have been government backed. And the U.S. dollar was always called the gold standard currency because it was literally backed by gold. There was this agreement that for every dollar that was in circulation in the U.S. economy, there was the equivalent value of gold stored in Fort Knox. So we have this government backed security, this government backed promise essentially of money. Now, that changed significantly in the 70s when Nixon, um, you know, took the dollar off the gold standard. And that was when, you know, the US dollar no longer needed to be backed by gold. And that's when we started to see, you know, currency printing and creation really going into overdrive. And there's a lot of challenges with that, obviously. But when we, you know, jumping over to crypto for a sec... When we talk about, you know, crypto as a digital currency, that's not really correct. If people are saying like, you know, check out this opportunity because it's about digital currencies, currencies have been digital for a very long time and currencies have been created for a very long time. If you ever read any, doc, um you know, um, watch any documentaries, I should say, or read any reports about the GFC and everything that happened 13, 14 years ago, you'll see that one of the solutions was that they just printed trillions of dollars they just said oh you know what we need you know trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars to fix this and they just created it out of thin air so it's not that crypto is digital as its unique defining factor it's that it's non-government backed and we'll come back to that in a sec but right now just talking about sort of standard currencies because they're no longer backed by anything except the government promise there's no like gold standard or anything to them we call them fiat currencies so if you hear people saying you know fiat is dead or you know I mean I'm like I don't really like fiat currencies what's their meaning is they don't like a currency that's pro- that's promised by the government and has no backing to it so how do people invest in currencies then so if you've ever heard of the forex market or the FX market or the currency market what people are doing is Is they are buying one currency against another on the, you know, with their research or on the hope or the speculation that it is going to go up in value compared to the other one. So when you invest in currencies, you invest in pairs. So you invest, you know, the Aussie dollar versus the US dollar. And so with that, if you buy the Aussie dollar versus the US dollar, you're essentially buying on the premise that the Australian economy and the Australian government will be stronger than the US government. And that's obviously so many factors in that, but you're doing your research and it's either technical research or fundamental research or however you're doing it, but you're looking and, and you know, as an Australian, Australians are, Australia's basically a mine, you know, <laughs> people come and they dig stuff out of holes in our ground and then we sell it off to the market. So when commodity prices like gold and silver and and copper and aluminium and that are going up, Australia's economy tends to do very well. And with that, then our dollar tends to do very well because lots of people are buying Australian stuff. And, you know, basically Australia digs it out of a hole and we sell it to China and America and they build stuff with it we sell it to China and they build products and then China sells it to America. And it's this very, you know, lovely kind of relationship that we have essentially. And it's fine until we run out of things to dig out, but, you know, we'll get to that another day. But that's essentially what a currency trade would be. We'd sit there and say, you know what, commodity prices are going up and, you know, etc., and And we're going to look at a lot of macro factors and say, you know what, I think the Aussie dollar will go up against the US dollar and I'm going to buy and hold and I'm going to watch that unfold. Now, the other thing, and really the bigger thing that attracts people to the currency markets, is that we it's it's a very, very, very liquid and volatile market in a small amount. Like I was talking macro before. If we look at it micro, these currencies are moving, you know, up and down little ticks all the time. They're just moving up and down, up and down, up and down. And there's lots of sort of short-term volatile movements. And that's when our technical day traders come in and they're looking at, you know, Bollinger bands and candles and all these sorts of things. And they're looking for indicators that we can come in and just buy that and it's going to go up for a day and then it's going to come back down and we're going to just ride that little wave. So that's more your short term technical traders. And the reason it's so popular in the Forex market is because again, Forex is about, you know, currencies and economies, world economies. There are trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in the Forex market. Now that means that people can move in and out of trades very, very quickly. And there's very little commissions and very little spreads and stuff like that because there's so much money happening in the market, you are just taking a teaspoon to the ocean. So people can go in and trade. And the other attraction, the final attraction, is that the the market trades sort of what we call 24-5. It's pretty much 24 hours a day, five days a week. Now, so when I was in my 20s, if we rewind kind of 15 years ago, I loved the Forex market. Like, I really saw the Forex market as my way out. That's what I was going to do. And I loved it because of that technical analysis. I love this kind of bigger macro look at economies and world politics. I'm a nerd, right? Like, I'm a math nerd and I kind of love consuming information. Um, and also looked at all the risk analysis and you know, calculating your stop losses and calculating your exit points and all that kind of stuff and looking at these stress points and, you know, all the technical indicators that were out there. And I won't bore you with the topic, but really I was never investing. And this is what I like finally understood. I wasn't investing. I was trading and I loved it because I could work all day and then I could come home and the market was open. You know, it wasn't a matter where I had to be, you know, awake at certain times. I'd looked at the U.S. market as an option, but, you know, you've got in Australia, you've got to be awake when the U.S. market is trading, and that means being awake at like two in the morning, and I couldn't do that sustainably. So I saw the Forex market as a great way to kind of be able to trade in a market that was open 24-5, and I could just kind of pick and choose my hours. I wasn't beholden to the market. The market was always open, but... What I really discovered was that I could make some money and I could lose some money and I could make some money and lose some money and I was kind of going through this roller coaster. But there was never a really consistent income. There was never really a consistent cash flow. And you were trading and you were going up and down, but you weren't getting those consistent cash flows. Now that is possible. There are things called carry trades and again it's it's a bit too complex to kind of explain in podcast form in a, in a short time, but There used to be the possibility that you could create a carry trade and that involves the differences in, again, the economies and their interest rates, like their central bank interest rates. Um, But now at the moment with the world as it is and and every country basically just having significantly low interest rates, um, it doesn't really work. Like, you know, those things just aren't possible. But what I discovered was that Forex just kind of wasn't for me because it was just to up and down like the volatility attracts a lot of people but for me when i looked at you know what i want consistent reliable cash flow investments when i could go to sleep it didn't work for me it doesn't certainly doesn't work for me now with you know children and wanting more freedom when i was 25 and i just wanted money and i you know i had that mindset then the currency market was a great option and like I said, I really loved bringing out my inner maths nerd. And, and I, you know, I'm one of those people who loves to sit there with Excel spreadsheets and screens and then, you know, looking at red and green candles. But from a freedom point of view, I also found that I was just stuck behind my computer all day. I'd be at work all day and then I'd come home and I'd spend two, three, four hours stuck behind my computer. And you don't want to go to sleep because you might miss that home run trade that's going to make you all your money. Anyway. Coming back to the sort of point of the podcast, that is Forex investing 101. You can invest a one currency versus another and you can look at it from a macro point of view of do you believe in a certain country over another country? Do you believe in a government and an economy and a president and and all that kind of stuff? Or do you want to look at it as these really short term trades and because of the size of the market, because of the volatility of the market, there's very little commissions you know stock trading tends to have quite high commissions forex has very low commissions so you can be in and out very very quickly and make and lose money very very quickly so let's move to crypto so what's the difference between a crypto and a fiat currency because essentially they're both digital so you know side note if someone says to you like check out this digital currency opportunity they may not know exactly what they're talking about and you know we should always be cautious of giving money to someone who doesn't quite know what they're talking about doesn't really understand what they're actually selling what a crypto essentially is is it's using new technology and we'll get to all this in a sec it's using technology but its real point of difference is that it's a non-government backed currency and that's what's attracting people as far as fiat is dead, they're sort of saying, you know, we no longer trust our governments. Um, And, you know, like, you know, not to get political, (laughs) but can't blame them at the moment, right? There's a lot of uh, challenges in governments all around the world. And and, I mean, there always has been, but it certainly seems to be amplified at the moment. But a, a cryptocurrency is basically using this blockchain technology, which is revolutionary, like this is the revolutionary aspect of it. And then they are essentially like a company that's then using this technology and they're providing a coin an alternate method of currency and it's based its value is based on, you know, what the market perceives, but its value is based on a group of computers agreeing, okay? And we have this amazing technology called the blockchain technology which allows lots of computers around the world to agree on the value of this coin so that when we use it there is that exchange of value now let's talk about blockchain versus actual cryptocurrencies and the easiest example is to look at the internet you know the internet is probably you know it's it's 20 something years old now 25 30 years old whatever it actually is but it's undoubtedly the biggest change in society in our generation in my generation it is the biggest thing you know for other people it was you know air transport. For other people, it was the car. You know, for uh, other people, it was, you know, steam engines. For us, it was the actual creation of the internet and its use in modern society. But that doesn't mean that every single company that used the internet is going to be successful. And this is where I throw a huge amount of caution into the crypto craze at the moment, because it is exactly like the dot-com craze we had back in kind of 06, 07, because it was the, oh, sorry, sorry, that was the GFC, back in the 2000, like the start of 2000 was the dot-com bubble, and check it out, you know, read about it, history is instructive, history doesn't repeat, but it does rhyme, and what was happening was when the internet came out, every single company that was internet-based was just, like, people were throwing huge amounts of money out, and they're investing huge amounts of money in because they were internet companies. But that doesn't mean they were well-run. That doesn't mean they were profitable. That doesn't mean they added any value to the marketplace. And that doesn't mean they sustained. And most of those companies didn't sustain. And that's why we had the dot-com crash. And so my fear, of course, with cryptocurrencies is that we have this amazing blockchain technology. But every coin, that doesn't mean every coin is going to be successful. We've got so many coins out there now. How do we know which ones will survive, who who will be the next Google and Amazon, and who will be the next kind of Excite and Netscape Navigator and, and all these, you know, companies that were huge 20 years ago that you never hear about now. So we look at, again, we look back to history of the steam engine changed society in that time. But would you invest in trains? You know, people still use trains every day. But would you feel that trains are a good investment and people drive their car, you know, people fly planes, not as much as we used to, but people fly planes every single day. Does that mean that airlines are a great investment? Air travel changed society. The car changed society. Steam engines changed society. But that doesn't mean that the companies that are working off this technology are a good place to invest and a good place to put your money. So cryptocurrencies are essentially like companies that are working off this technology. They're individual alternate coins that are created off this technology. So I have no doubt that cryptocurrencies, that blockchain, I should say, is the future. I have no doubt that blockchain will be the future that we will move to. But that doesn't mean that every currency that has been created is a good investment. And this is where people are obviously getting very excited and there's a lot of FOMO and there's a lot of greed and there's a lot of emotion and markets are driven in the short term by emotion and they're driven in the long term by value. So again, just because something is used doesn't mean it's valuable. The internet is used every single day, but not every company on the internet provides value to society and I use my car every single day but I would never invest a dollar in a car company because we know you know most of them go broke most of them fail so if you do want to invest in cryptocurrencies and you can like anything else you know you basically buy it and you're buying bitcoin and it's valued in the US dollar so you're basically buying bitcoin versus US dollar and you're saying I think bitcoin will survive more than the US government and You know, I think cryptocurrencies for sure. But will Bitcoin itself be the one that's still standing? Most of the internet companies that were really huge in the 2000s all crashed. And the ones that are still big, again, like the Googles and the Amazons, they came along a little bit later. And to me, I think the cryptocurrency that we will eventually use, you know, there will need to be some agreement in the world as to some kind of standardized cryptocurrency because we can't all just, you know use 10,000 different coins for different things, the one that comes along won't be one of the ones that's around now. My personal opinion, not investment advice. However, if you do want to trade, if you do want to uh, speculate, if you do want to throw some money into some cryptocurrencies, then yes, there is potential for some short to medium term gains. But to me, if we look at once the emotions have died down, And once the kind of market shakes out the good versus the bad, who will still be standing later? You know, what will be the company that's actually giving me value? What will be the coin that's still providing value to the marketplace? And because I can't answer that, I don't see it as an investment. I see it as a trade, as a speculation, as something that, you know, you can kind of throw some money at and see what happens. But it's not an investment for me where I would buy it, and think, you know what, I'm going to buy this and hold for at least 10 to 20 years. You know, that is the Warren Buffett value intelligent investing. If you you buy it today, you are buying it on the assumption that you would hold it for at least 10 years. That's Warren Buffett's thing. Like I buy today, assuming that the market could close for 10 years and then reopen and I would still want to have it. So for me, I don't know. I would love to create something off cryptocurrencies. I mean, I love the internet and i love to try and use it to help you know build a business and and you know create things for the world and create value and content create podcasts etc but that doesn't mean that every podcast is successful right that doesn't mean every episode i do of every uh, podcast will be successful when the property markets are booming that doesn't mean that every single property is a good buy i mean we're seeing in australia at the moment ridiculous property boom and i'm walking through some of these houses and i'm like man this This house is going to fall over, but because property is strong, people are looking at any individual property as a good idea. That's my concern. That's my fear that cryptocurrency is amazing and I really want to learn more about how I can utilize it personally, but it's not something I would personally put my money into right at this moment in time. If it continues to offer long-term value, do not ever invest for FOMO. Do not ever invest thinking that like, you know, if you didn't get in early, there's no chance. If it provides long-term value, it will continue to provide long-term value forever, and there'll be plenty of opportunities to enter the marketplace. So with that, guys, I hope that helps. I hope that gives you a little bit more of an understanding of this kind of general forex and crypto markets. Um, and as always, you know, not investment advice, but just my thoughts. And But if you ever want to invest in something, the key is that you understand it, that you really know how it's working, you really know how you can create your money, and you know how you can get out. If you want to look at currencies, you know, learn just about more about the macro movements, look at, you know, some really responsible, um, good books about, you know, understanding the markets, that kind of stuff, but just don't throw money into something because it continues to go up. Just because it's gone up doesn't mean it will go up forever. We know that from history and history is very instructive. Guys, I hope you have a great day. I hope you have an amazing weekend. And as always, I wish you great success. And we'll see you on another episode next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan.